Hello, and welcome to another episode of Everyday Elephants. We're happy you're here. If you haven't subscribed or rated and reviewed Everyday Elephants yet, well, what are you doing? Please do. And while you're at it, feel free to share this podcast with your friends. We would not be upset about that at all. Now, last week, we discussed a heavy story of sexual harassment. In the episode before that, we talked about the war in Ukraine. Today, we're going to slow things down a little bit, just talk about a few things that are floating around the internet. This is a lighter episode of Everyday Elephants, but they are still the big things in the room. So welcome. Ted, Phil, hello, hello. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Busy. Coming up on kind of, not kind of, this is uh, April's going to be my busiest month in a long, long time. And I feel like I've been pretty busy, but we just uh, have Holy Week around the corner and then uh, some fool of a pastor scheduled a bunch of other stuff around it. Uh, that fool of a pastor is me. But you know, it's great. Baseball's back. I know I probably talked a little bit about it on the last podcast, but I'm just really enjoying the sounds of spring. You know, baseball's popping into mitts and the crack of the bat. It's been real nice. Yeah, yeah, we get it, dude. You're a pastor. You're busy this time of year. I don't know, this thing called Easter, whatever, man. Phil, I know I'm all you're doing right now is taking naps. Yeah, I mean, I just sit here and let all you pastors do the, the big things in this world. So uh, good for you, man. No, I mean, I'm glad baseball's back, too. Although your team is I mean, you lost your, your shortstop, so I don't know how you're doing there. But my team's going to be horrible. I'm a Cubs fan, and it's going to be a wait till next year season. So let's get on to 2023. <laughs> you know, I'm excited about this rookie. We got him coming. And as long as our trash cans are, you know, still making loud enough noise, we'll be fine. So... That's right. You guys are still looking for your first World Series. Tanner, do you know anything about baseball? That's why I'm staying completely silent about this topic. I know a few things about baseball. Um, I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but I also don't have like too many good things to say about it either. Although <laughs> you guys did just inform me that they are making the bases bigger. So that should really That's make right. things more exciting. I, you know, here's the- It's going to change the game. Believe it or not, it will. Oh, just I'm wait. sure that it will. King size here's bases. My, here's my issue with Major League Baseball. They, and just baseball in general, they are trying to keep up with the NFL. They're trying to keep up with the NBA. They're trying to keep up with all these sports that find ways to reinvent and innovate themselves. Baseball doesn't need to do that. Baseball just needs to lean in and say, we are America's pastime. This is the way that the game is played. We need to stop chasing all the money and just say, hey, we're playing baseball. Come watch us. And that those are my thoughts on baseball. So Tanner, what's... What's great about those thoughts is you actually they would be make a top, no money. No, no, you would be a top tier baseball fan. That's pretty mm-hmm. much what everyone's kind of like. We're we're majoring in the minors. We're changing base sizes. We're adding pitch clocks. We're doing all these crazy things. And really, what we need to do is let the teams market themselves better. Let players and help players engage with their fan Just bases play. better. And uh, yeah, I thought I was talking to my grandpa at first, dude, like that was just. But that's the thing is like everyone, everyone thinks they just have to make so much money with everything. And just because it's a major league sport, they're going to make a lot of money. But they're like, no, we need to make more money. So we need to change the game. We need to do this. We need to bring in younger fans. Well, it was it was really funny today, Tanner, with you saying that they announced the Home Run Derby X, which the video for it. Like, the video for it was, you could tell it was a bunch of old rich guys 
sitting in a boardroom going, what do the young people like? Flashing lights, dancing, loud music. Because the entire video is basically that and says nothing about this new product that they're like blowing up. And actually the idea for it is kind of cool that it's going to be four teams represented and they're going to go around the world and it'll be a, a former star from that team, then um, a softball player and uh, I forget what the third category was, and then like an influencer, and it's going to be this new kind of fast-paced thing, which could have some like upside to it, not to replace the game, but to connect with the game in places like London and Korea and Japan and these places where there are fan bases growing. But the entire announcement video was just, you know, the average listener for our podcast right now. I wish they would see the passion that is coming from you right now, Ted, because it's true. I'm pretty sure most people out there are not baseball fans. I love hearing this stuff, but um, there's many tanners out in the world that could care less. What you missed, fans, was Tanner spinning his finger going, wrap this up. So I'll do, I'm done about baseball. I apologize. It's it's okay, man. It's an everyday elephant of uh, how we figure out how to improve the game of baseball. And so maybe one day we will have a special podcast for you, Ted. But yes, guys, last, I would love that. Last last episode, I was sharing with you when I was out in California, and I had to fill up my van. I was at an event uh, for my work, and in LA, the gas prices were. I don't know, close to $7 a gallon, which was ridiculous. And it is still a conversation that is going on right now. I want to talk about this because it it seems like this is an issue that needs to be addressed. And so when we're thinking about the rising gas prices, and my question for you all is who is to blame why we've gotten here with these gas prices today? I have my thoughts, but instead of me just extroverting my uh, my random thoughts or ted as you would say that i'm just going to be wrong no matter what i'd love to hear some of your perspectives about uh, these rising gas don't, prices these days don't ted, read give us your thoughts don't man. read into me phil you don't know me that's not true i do i've had plenty of fun <laughs> conversations you know part of it's just the markets ups and downs it's world politics you know we've talked about russia and and all that kind of stuff so some of it's it baseball is like, changing the size of bases. It, yeah, exactly. Do you, do you know how much petroleum <laughs> the, goes the into, impact that that has alone is just mm-hmm. going to shift everything. 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 It's. I'm uh, seeing it, it in my own life. You know, just oh, it's because the bases are are bigger now. It is. It's the bases are bigger. I think I'd actually fall with you a little bit more than you'd think, Phil. I think there's economic reasons. I wouldn't say. It's completely the Biden administration's fault, but I would also say it's not not completely not their fault, if that made sense. But sure. the thing that really got me was in the midst of it, that there were two, two things. One being, I would like a little more transparency, and maybe I'll own, maybe I didn't dive deep enough, but I'd like a little more transparency on how gas prices happen, because... Part of me wonders, you know, this has been happening since we were in, what, early college. The gas prices have kind of steadily risen, and each time they go up, they don't go back down to where they were. Because when we were in high school, we were paying, you know, a buck fifty for a gallon of gas. Now, things change, inflation. 
I just want to maybe I'll add I want a little more transparency on how gas prices happen and I want to learn more about how that all works out. Number 1. Number 2, the thing that really upset me was there were groups of people that came out and were basically like, "Oh, you don't like gas prices? Well, maybe you should get an electric car." And I thought, "Listen, I'm solidly middle class and there's no way I can afford it." And you know how how well it's gone over in history when people at the top start basically saying, oh, well, let them eat cake. And so that was that was a frustration of mine, even in the midst of the gas prices and figuring, like, how's it going on? Being on the text thread with my buddies from Houston that I grew up with, who a lot of them are oil and gas and kind of hearing their thoughts. But it was, th- those comments were like, sure, I'd love for people to have electric cars, but that can't happen right now. One day, right? I know you're. We're, we're talking about the Biden administration. We'll go a little bit into this, but have you guys seen the stickers on the gas pumps where it's Biden's pointing to the price and says, "I did that." I mean, maybe I live in Tennessee and where it's a red state, but I mean, it, it's kind of funny. It's it's got I, a comedic I, I can, I can element to that. it. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 good taste, right? Anything for a joke, no matter how you voted. No matter how I voted, I would have made those stickers anyways. You know, but like, this is funny. You can't pass that up. Tanner, what are your thoughts, man? My thoughts on gas? Yeah. You know, I, I, hear from I, you. I feel like it's just out of my hands, right? And so like, well, this is just happening. I guess I'm rolling with it. There are moments where I wish that there was like, we had all the answers really for why this is happening and the why behind the why behind the why, but I really don't know. I just kind of throw my hands up and say, I guess we're doing this now. I don't make the rules. I just have to play by them. And that's a little frustrating, but also it's gas. Like, what are you going to do? You can't really live without it. I guess my thoughts on this subject aren't too extensive, but I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Uh, in baseball, they're making the sizes of the bases what? bigger. What? <laughs> Way to change the subject. <laughs> they're making them bigger. And what and, that's going to mean. Speaking right. of things that are out of my control. Tanner, are you getting uncomfortable talking about something like this? Do you not want to point the blame at anyone? Oh, okay, well, who bad? are you pointing the blame at? No, no, Phil. No, no, Phil. We play, it's, no, uh, I'm pointing the go. blame go at it. the Biden administration. But, okay, like, okay, if, so, if, if somebody else was president, wh- what could they do or what could the current president do to make sure that the gas prices aren't as high as they are? I don't know. Don't sign 81 executive orders and sanctions to cut us off all the the gas drilling, Keystone Pipeline, all the things that's making it more expensive to be able to drill. People can still drill for gas, but it's making it a lot more harder for companies to be able to do that where it's going to make sense for them financially. But 81 different sanctions are not going to help. Probably that. not. But my question then is, what's the best thing for the world? Let me come at it from that angle. Well, the best thing for the world is going to be yeah. clean energy. We, we need to be moving into that area where one day it, we can't So afford. essentially, we should all just get sure. electric cars. And, and one day, we should be able to get electric cars, and that should be the case for everyone else. My thing is you got to be able to give a long-term plan. This is where we're going to be mm-hmm. at in 20 years. This is where we're going to be at in 30 years. That way, it's going to prepare the markets. It's going to prepare people with jobs. You can't just cut something off immediately and say, well, too bad. A new regime is in, and we're going to cut off everything completely. Because the fact of the matter is you're still going to need gas. Guess what? Our satellites and rockets are still going into space. Uh, we're going to need airplanes to fly, and those things are going to need gas. I don't, I don't think we're anywhere close to having an electric airplane. That seems 
impossible right yeah. now. So the thing is, we still need gas. We want to be able to create a cleaner environment, but there's ways of doing that without cutting everything off all at once. And let's remember, the war did also raise gas prices sure. too. So I'm not going to deny that. It is Putin's fault for that fact of the matter for doing something horrible. But all that could have been So avoided. really there should be there could be two stickers on the gas pumps, one of the administration and then one of Putin as yeah. well. Correct? Yeah. They go well together. And there I think, Phil, I I would agree with you more than you'd you know, you set up there in terms of we have to have plans. Right now there's a lot of pandering to audiences right and left and not a lot of plans and saying, hey, right yep. now it is untenable for us to have everyone driving an electric car. So how do we get there while being energy independent? I also think you need to go and look up the list of executive orders because it is 84 and they're definitely, oh, back they're check. definitely <laughs> not all about oil. So just going to Put that out there for you. But they, they do they do deal with the oil industry. No, this one, number 72, is just the National Space Council. Okay, and who needs oil? Phil, the, the next one is imposing sanctions on foreign persons involved in oh, the global illicit drug trade. I'm not saying you're, you're wrong. I'm saying it's not 81 all about oil. Are can't, you looking at the executive orders that have been yes. made? You can't... You can't move drugs without gas. Okay, so sorry. I, I think I misspoke there, Ted. I know, Phil. There's 81 different in, types. You came in okay. so hot, I was like, how am I going to get them? And I was came like, Wikipedia, baby. I'm going to go on Google because everything on Google is correct. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We know that Google has no, they're fair and bi or unbiased. Google, we know it. It's true. You know it. I know it. Tanner knows it. Love it. <laughs> Phil, I... I guess you need to really do your homework before coming to class. <laughs> oh, wow. How long did it take you to think of that? Oh, pretty quickly. You would be amazed at how my brain works. I can't really remember anything else we've talked about. So but there's glad. that, though. Yeah, we're still waiting for your opinion, though. We, we still want the my, hard take from Tanner Olson. I don't know if there's a hard take. I don't know if I have to have opinion about this. I guess boil it all down, and all I'm saying is, oh, here we are. Looks like I'm not driving too much. Also, like one of my tires is pretty flat right now, so I don't really drive at all. Uh, so that's really helping. Tanner with gas really prices. needs the air prices it really to does go help down. Him work from home all the and time. And let me too. let me tell you. Let's talk about let me talk about tire prices for a minute. Oh, okay. Those things well, are just actually, and that's connected to what are tires made out of? Rubber and petroleum. Boom. Bases. Yep. Bases. That's yeah. No, so Tanner. You that's why a there's a tire shortage. Is because they're taking that material to make the bases bigger. The bigger bases, exactly. Now you see how this is all connected. Yeah. So problem solved. Which, how right? many sanctions were passed to make those Too bases many. bigger? Too yeah, many. Yeah. Well, I don't know how we're going to solve this problem. That's the thing, right? Like, what's going to solve this problem? And what's going to solve this problem? And the other question would be. As Christians, how do yeah, we handle this yeah. thing? Now, sure, I got fired up to talk about that, and I want to point the finger, but really, there's got to be a better way to posture myself so that way it doesn't look like I'm that guy just complaining about the gas prices I'm paying for. Well, and I I think there is a deeper question for us to talk about stewardship and those kinds of things, because all of this has such deeper angles to it, right? It's not just we we feel the gas prices the most. So that's what gets talked about is gas prices. But it's all kinds of things. And the three of us offline in some of our prep and some of our other stuff, just times together, we've talked about 
Yeah, the problem, though, too, is that to make electric vehicles go, you got to have rare earth metals, which is pretty much strip mining right now. And so as people of faith, as we look at stewardship, right, because this falls under stewardship, if we have, how does Paul put it, that uh, he, here's the pastor unable to quote scripture, but it's, you know, he says, I, I can, as a Christian, yes, I have full ability to do everything, but as a Christian, I also serve everyone. And as we look as Christians and say, hey, I can, I have the ability, you know, the, the, the world is under our authority um, in terms of the physical world. Yes, we could strip mine, we could build, we could do everything, but does that make us good stewards or does that just make us jerks? Also, I Googled that Bible verse to make sure Thank it's you. correct. And you I was. Again, and Google told I know. me you're wrong. So. I know. Google set yeah. it up. Good, good yeah, job, Pastor. Go focus on Easter now. <laughs> oh, it's getting a little tense in here. Have you guys heard about making the bases bigger? Well, and, and maybe let's... <laughs> yeah, man. I, well, Tanner, let me put it to you down. Let's go. How do, how do you be a good steward in your daily life? We can talk about companies. We can talk about policies. We can talk about presidents. But what does it mean for you? Because that's where the change happens. Yeah, I think that's kind of... Did you guys ever watch the show, The Good Place? This It's an interesting show. It's basically kind of about the afterlife, but it is all about kind of good works kind of get you into the good place. And at one point in the show, they're kind of evaluating somebody. And this person was like, I'm going to buy organic tomatoes or something like that so that they can help the world. But they bought organic tomatoes from somebody who was like doing this bad thing and this bad thing and this bad thing. Therefore, them buying the organic tomatoes was like negative 100 points essentially, which is not good if you're trying to get into the good place. Thanks be to God for grace. But I kind of think about it in this sense, too. It's like, I want to do, I want to do good for the world. I want to do good for my neighbor. I don't want to, you know, add to the burning of the earth. But what are the choices that I can make that are actually good, healthy, and right? And it seems as though we have put ourselves in a position where we need this thing, this thing, this thing, and this thing that ends up hurting this person, this place, and the future of the, the world. Does that make sense? And so, I don't know, you, I kind of get into this, this place where I feel somewhat paralyzed about what is the next right choice and what is actually a, what are my options? Like, what are my good options that I can have? Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe buying an electric car is better than buying a, you know, big truck. Sure. I don't know. I mean, or I guess maybe, you can I buy should a truck just, for like eighty thousand dollars right now, anyways, and uh, you can buy yeah. an electric car for sixty. So there is that. Or to maybe be said. I just build my own bike out of bamboo and I ride Love that. It. But then I'm taking the bamboo away, and I'm taking the bamboo away from the pandas, and the pandas need bamboo. Exactly, panda killer. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about gas. I guess I'm stumped. <laughs> I love it. Let's move on. Let's talk about something different. There's the, the other thing that we wanted to talk about, and I don't know. Have you guys have you guys seen the the HeGetsUs.com, this Jesus commercial that's been making the rounds on on television and then also on YouTube as well? Yeah, good stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's these these super sweet. They're, are they they're black and white commercials, right? Yeah, I think so. All of them are for the most part, right? And this he gets us. This is an effort to attract skeptics and cultural Christians. It, it launches nationally, and it's a hundred million dollar campaign aiming to make Jesus the biggest brand in your city. 
And I don't know, what, what are you guys, what are your thoughts about, about this? My first reaction is this is an incredible, cool thing. There's a lot of generosity involved from some families that are not revealing who they are, that they're putting their resources towards something so people can be able to hear this message. What's neat about this is it's connecting them to the website hegetsus.com, which is going to lead hopefully skeptics towards a conversation. And I think there's many different ways that they can get connected into who Jesus is through, I think, YouVersion's one of them. Alpha, which is a, yeah. an incredible organization that has conversations with people who are skeptics, chat resources. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I love that is moving forward. Then the other side of me, because you know there's the other side of Yes, Phil. give me the other side. Before you get to the other side of, of, of what you're saying, let me just say, like, I think it's a really, really, like, when I saw the commercial, I didn't, it was the first time I saw it, and I'm watching, I go, this sounds like Jesus Christ. I yeah. know this guy. Like the commercial was really cool, and then it was, and I was like, "That was a re- that was really good, and that was a great way to really demonstrate who Jesus is—the Jesus that we read about in Scripture, not this mega church Jesus, not this white Jesus, not this Jesus or that Jesus, but just Jesus." And so I appreciated it for that, yep. and it got me excited. And then I saw that it cost a hundred million dollars to put out, and then I had a few more thoughts. Yeah, so what, what are your thoughts first? The, uh, no, 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 no. You're the one. I want to hear what you had to say first. I want you to come in. Well, my first initial thought is, did Jesus use $100 million to multiply his church? Can't put value. You can't put a value on 12 close friends. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and so my thought is, is this going to be the best way to connect people to Jesus? It could be. I would love to see the data and analytics of how many conversations were had from this, how many people came to faith, how many people were tied into a local church, how many people were now starting to process um, and engage with this website because they do have questions of this man named Jesus. Uh, Sometimes I think, man, our money can go so much further. What that is, you know, I have some other ideas for that. Or, you know, people started to hear the word through resources and means through food, you know, if that's helping with hunger, whatever that could be. I mean, your, mm-hmm. your thoughts, cause like, man, it, it can go to so many different places. Is it best that it's right. going towards those commercials? So right. it could, and it could be something that is incredibly awesome. I thought it was well done, but who knows? I'm skeptical at the same time. Right. And you think about like a hundred million dollars, you know, I don't really don't know uh, what that's like to have. But you would think like, okay, maybe we use the $100 million and we create this huge ad campaign and then that brings more people into the church. Therefore, we're taking that money and we're creating more people who can do good. You know, that's not like the right terminology to put it, but you're investing in this so that more people can go out, do good, spread the gospel, feed the hungry, minister to the poor, care for the widows and the orphans, right? That is something that that, that could happen. Or, you know, like, what if we did just use that money to feed people? Yeah. You know, what if we just did that? Um, and so I, I, I don't, like, I don't think there's anything, like, I, I, I like it. I like the idea of it. Um, and I don't know, maybe those people have more more money than we ever could think or imagine. And they're just like, yeah, that's not a lot for us. It sounds like it's a lot, but this is what we decided to do with it because we think that this is the thing that we think is good. And, and thankfully, it's a well-crafted ad. Yeah. And I don't want to call it just another piece of content because it, I get so sick when people are just like, I'm just creating content. 
But like, what if the thing that you're creating is a thing that you really think is good and needed and has value? Like, therefore, then you're just adding something good into the world. You don't have to keep calling it content. That just feels like we're become machines and people are also machines. I'm also glad it's just not like a mega church putting this out just to get them to come to their Sunday service. Yeah, it's more of like the capital C church putting yes. it out rather than just like, you know, come to, you know. Yeah. Uh, yes. This the, is a tool the that can crossing, be all the crossing. Churches. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's some, I, you know, again, like, I think it's good. And especially because it is like a well-made ad. Ted, what are your so, thoughts on this? I'll start skeptical and then and then go where I, I, I think there's some benefit. Skeptic stuff, same as you guys. $100 million is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And to say, look, we made some commercials. Okay. Um, I have a good buddy, and he talks about the history of the Western church. And he goes, the Greeks got a hold of the church and made it a philosophy the Romans got a hold of the church and they made it a government. The Europeans got a hold of the church and made it tool for colonialization. And then the Americans got a hold of the church and made it a business. And so whenever I run into some of this stuff, I get real nervous because I go, how businessy is this going to be? I, I did the free Discovery Plus seven-day trial because they had a, a new documentary on Hillsong. They kept calling Hillsong the brand. You know, and so I get skeptical anytime I see something this big. And what's interesting is I haven't come across it in the wild. I saw it in an article the he gets us what we're talking about, not the Hillsong thing. Saw it in an article. And then I think, Phil, you were the one who sent it to us as a topic idea, right? Was it Tanner? Tanner. That's when I checked it out was when we were we were texting topic ideas. And that's when I really got into it. And it is very well done. I do wonder, I get a little queasy whenever things kind of go, oh, this was topic research on Gen Z. You know, we we did research and decided this was this. And, and so there is that skeptical side of me. But in my theme of the year from my good friend Ted Lasso, I know I can be a skeptic and a critic. So I'm really trying this year to, to lean into be curious, not judgmental. And I'm really trying... That's my growth for the years, really trying to lean into that idea. And I love what you guys said. No one's name is on this, right? It points you to places where you can talk to someone, places you can research scripture. And I think the other, there was like a, a, yep. a YouTube connector. They're, they're kind of like three different pointers. And like the only thing I would add to that is like, how do you find a local church? Even if it was just a page about how do you find a local church? You know, cause I think that that is something I will, you know, I'll plant my flag in as being a part of a local church is a, a big deal. And overall I'm, I'm very impressed. A hundred million dollars is a lot of money, even cause they said some families did this and it doesn't seem to me like it's some families did this to be skeptical. Cause you watch those videos and this isn't like, your life's terrible. It's literally, hey, you feel this way? We want to tell you about a guy who was the same way, right? In yeah. some of the commercials I watched, mm-hmm. I didn't quite like their how they had phrased some things. I always get a little iffy about when people are like, oh, religion. And because religion is not a curse word, but I understand how it's hurt people. And so I, there's 
there's that piece of me. But overall, I would say I'm very curious to see what it does. I think it's going to have some potential impact. And I think that's pretty cool that people would be willing to say, hey, I'm willing to invest in this and my name is going to be nowhere on it. And there's not, you know, sitting in the wings is some big megachurch or church body or anything. It's just people saying, how do we get the message out? And I, th- I think that's pretty cool. Well, plus it solves your marketing problem for uh, your Easter service. You know, you don't that's have to true. worry about that anymore, Ted. You could just rely on these ads right there and just people are going to show up. Go to Narrative Church. Well, and Easter you know, and, I and I love you, Phil. Keep it coming. Um, that would be narrative.church. Narrative.church. Breakfast starts at 9.15. Worship at 10. Easter egg hunt after church. But... Ooh, an Easter to, egg hunt. To credit, like, what these... Just like yeah, they exactly. did on the first exactly. Easter. You know. <laughs> Sorry. And, well, but no, because here's the thing. We we sent out... Welcome back, Jesus. Oh, I can't believe you're alive. We're about to go do an Easter egg hunt. Do you want to come with us? Where's the rabbit? <laughs> no, but... Hey, I don't know if you know this, Jesus, but in, like, 2,000 years, they're going to make the bases in this game called... Even baseball. bigger. Even bigger. <laughs> Way to bring no, it back in. But it's it's this. true, like... In our culture and in where we are, we sent out mailers for the first time, which I'd kind of pushed back on for a while. Mm -hmm. But I was like, let's do it. We'll do it. And I took a big gulp when it was like, and I did the low end of the spectrum. And putting in the church's credit card information to send that out, I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. So it's everything costs money. Yeah. Well, advertising in, in the church. And it's just, it is, it is kind of weird. But I think the thing that, that I keep coming back to is like, and this happens with like my work as well, is I, I know that what I am offering is something hopeful and true and something that can bring people to know Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to spend a little bit of money to make that happen, or I'm going to give up a little bit of money in order to make that happen or a chance for that to happen. It is obviously it's, it's kind of risky to put something out out like that or to do mailers or to even like boost a Facebook post, which I'm pretty certain does not work at all. They just take your money, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's hard to do those things, but it also, I think it, it's not, it's not about wanting more people to attend your church. It's about wanting more people to know the truth of who Jesus is. Yeah. And if that's a place that we can land on, then that's, it's like, it's, you know, it's kind of like, it's, you know, what does the heart say in it? Not like, you know, what is my selfish desire? No, no, no. Like what, why am I doing this? So like, what's the why behind the why? Yeah. And I'm sure I'm taking this out of context right here, but you know, one passage I'll go back to is uh, the talents, right? I know this is put some money in and then that's gonna, it's not like you're necessarily getting more money from that, but you just never know what the outcome could be. And if you were just to bury that money, that family and not do anything with that, because I'm sure that they give generously to other organizations if they're they're dropping a hundred mil, right? Mm-hmm. The, the point is, let's do this. Let's try this. This could really be impactful for people um, in this country and uh, to help local churches to connect with people yeah. in their communities. Well said. All right. Well, that was a little bit lighter of an episode. Gas prices, baseball basis, and uh, the hundred million dollar ad campaign for Jesus. And just think, we didn't talk about a certain slap that just happened recently. They didn't even bring up the Oscars or how Samuel L. Jackson won an Academy Award, but we won't get into that. 
Uh, anyways, thank you for joining us for this episode of Everyday Elephants. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. If there's a topic that you would like for us to discuss, send us a message. You can message us on any of our social medias. Uh, we would love to hear from you all. Um, and we'll, we'll be back real soon with another episode of Everyday Elephants. Until then, I'm Tanner. I'm Phil. I'm Ted. And I'm, I'm done. We'll see you. And the bases are still bigger. (laughs) The the loaded bases are bigger. All right. That's it.